Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they suck or whip, from I saw it to flip. We're It's All Been Done, the podcast. I'm Ms. Wesley. He's my buttercup. It's my co-host, Evan. This is not a fight. He's going to win. He's throwing <laughs> in the towel and giving in. It's my co-host, Saker. It's my co-host. I never give in. I never give up. I fight till the end, and you know, um, know what's Filling up. Filling it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, oh man, this is a day. Uh, <laughs> I had nothing to follow that up with. <laughs> Usually just the very first thing we say, I have something to kind of jump off of, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you've never given up. I've never... I. I've never given up. I've intentionally sabotaged when I was young all my relationships that I didn't want, but I didn't give them you up. You intentionally sabotage. You're just like no. mean. You're just like mean to them, and then you're like, "Oh, well, I guess if you want to break up." I didn't intentionally sabotage. Uh, maybe I did when I was younger. I mean, I think so because I never wanted to be the bad guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, I, and it course, made you an made even my, worse guy. Made myself into an evil monster. Uh, but I mean, everybody's not inexcusable. Everybody's stupid in relationships when they're young. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to do that. Yeah, I mean, you got to practice relationships. Yeah, boy, do I feel bad about. Yeah, I just wish I just wish it wasn't so for emotional keeps. Like I wish there was like a hollow deck you could go into and practice like relationships without any, uh, you know, consequences. Can you imagine people who are were high school sweethearts and who stayed together? Jeez, that's fucking wild. Yeah, I mean, hey, it can happen. Make world. (laughs) I agree. Of course, it can happen. But like, god damn, that's a lot of growing you have to do together. Yeah, like. Yeah. Unbelievable that you never grew apart. I always, I wonder if those people like just are like hometown heroes. Like, mm-hmm. did they just stay in their hometown and never really go out? I, I'm not saying you have to like, maybe you found that one and you clicked immediately, but it also makes me think like, you never really looked hey, around, did you? I bet it's a mixed bag. Brother? <laughs> you're telling me. Yeah. Uh, um, a mixed bag of bones, as it were. <laughs> Already missing that last song. Already yeah. sad to see it go. Yeah. Um, well. Especially in light of this song this hey, week. Hey, <laughs> back it up, back it up, buttercup. We'll talk about I'm Wesley. You're my buttercup. Are you a big Princess Bride fan? I, it hit me just right. Like, I was at the right age for Princess Bride. I imagine you as somebody who's a, a skeptic. So I'm surprised that a you like skeptic? it. A skeptic? Yeah, because Princess Bride is one of those things that kind of gets bandied about as like, my favorite movie is Princess Bride. Have you seen Princess Bride? It's so funny. And like, it's not. Like, it's not great. I wouldn't say it's funny, but I mean, it's a good movie to watch when you're 12. It's like a Monty Python, right? You watch it when you're 12. You feel like you're the cock of the walk. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the jokes land for you because your sense of humor hasn't fully developed yet. You haven't been fully, you haven't been jaded and, you know, steeped in the irony of the age in which we live. And, you know, so, I mean, there's a, there's a purity about Princess Bride. Yeah, that's probably true. A movie that I'm amazed they've never made a follow up to with how popular and still in the zeitgeist it kind of is. Mm -hmm. The fact they've never made a cash in Princess Bride 2. My guess is that, that like it just. The rights or it's a rights issue or something i bet maybe but it was i don't maybe yeah i, mean, I don't know i read the book the uh the princess bride not oh, yeah? the, not the william goldman one the one that he rewrote like i read the original princess bride which is just about a uh which i liked more than the movie because it's just about a political a land war between oh, two Jesus rival made up kingdoms that sounds like a nightmare oh it's so much fun there's Ugh. a lot of deeply deep deep politics that's like dutch politics wait so none of the fun stuff is in the book the fun stuff's in there but it's like buried 
That's and that was the thing is like uh, William Goldman's father would read him the book, but he would skip out. He would take out all the boring parts. He would just oh. read in the fun the sword fights and stuff. And then he, the guy picked it up. The author picked it up as a uh, adult, and he was like, "Wait, most of this book sucks." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he rewrote, re- rewrote it with just all the good he parts. And rewrote it. Yeah, with all the good parts. So he got the rights to it. It was no, it's public, public domain. domain. Yeah, it's public domain. It's an old book. It's from like the eighteen hundreds or something. Okay, like that, okay, know. okay. Was it still called the Princess Bride? I'm pretty sure it was. Weird. Yeah. I, I read it in high school, so I don't remember much about that it. That title implies more swashbuckling adventure than uh, a land dispute. Uh, no. Princesses are exchanged primarily as part of land disputes. Ugh, Jesus Christ. I saw you push up your glasses with your mind. You didn't do it in real life, but... Um, I was specifically clenching my hands down by my crotch so that I couldn't push up my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, like, that and, like... Robin Hood Prince uh Prince of Thieves is that the funny one the Mel Gibson Mel, yeah not Mel Gibson Mel Brooks Mel Brooks yeah one. yeah like none of the because I saw like Princess Bride I saw in college for the first time yeah they shouldn't watch it in college Prince of Thieves I just saw this year for the first time oh with Kevin Costner no sorry what was the one we just said the Mel Brooks Prince and Tights Prince of Tights uh, yeah Men and Tights Men and Tights yeah Men and Tights yes um and boy was it dramatically unfunny just like just like straight up like none of the jokes landed for me as a 36 year old i don't know i just feel like the aesthetic the ethos of 80s comedies just doesn't transfer to our fucking tim and eric adult yeah uh has to be maximum silliness brains exactly so i'm like i mean am i gonna watch princess bride by myself no. Right. Am Were I going to show it to my? Am I going to watch the show with my son when he's like nine? Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay. All right. You think it's too scary for him now? No. I bet he can watch it now. I just want him to get the full context. Sure. Okay. Even though you know, I say that '80s movies, but I think you mentioned Monty Python. That's kind of Tim and Eric, pre-Tim and Eric, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. very random, silly, mm-hmm. like goofy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's one of those thing. ones. But I, I mentioned it in the context of people banding about movie like, like, oh my god, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is the funniest movie ever. Yeah. And I mean. It was. Yeah. For a long time. Like it was like, having watched it in junior high or whatever, you felt like you had you were like had a secret. A secret. Yeah. Yep. Like like you were you were somehow better than everyone yep, else around yep, you yep, because yep. you had your humor was more in you know, wild yes. than theirs. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean there was a there was a certain uh mystery cult to I, it. I saw it at home many times and then i went in college to see it in the theater once and i was like oh this sucks this is horrible because everyone around me was saying every single line and i liked it but i didn't like it that much and so i felt like oh i have this secret and then i was like oh no i was the one who the secret was kept from you're the bad boy people all love it way more than i do it's like going to a rocky horror picture or something Mm -hmm, when you mm -hmm. only kind of like rocky horror yeah exactly i went to uh not rocky horror but the room once mm. and uh i went to the nines i wore a red dress i bought spoons to throw at the screen that was a blast i do love the room why do you throw spoons at the screen so uh one of the set dressings in the the room itself mm-hmm. uh is a framed picture but they never took the like when you buy it at the store the picture <laughs> it's just a picture of a spoon in a frame so whenever it appears on screen everybody throws plastic spoons at the screen ah, yes 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 very yes. fun very fun so fun very i'm so fun. sad that the room isn't a thing anymore that's why wasn't it a thing why is it not a thing nobody really talks it's not like it doesn't have the staying power of a monty python that's fair yeah i've never seen rocky horror live I nor have to. i nor have i nor do i really want to really i don't like live theater experiences where you're you're participating okay i don't like to be singled out so oh. I, I would love to go to a magic show, but I would need to not to know that I would not be I would, chosen. I would point to you 
all day. I know. That's why I'm never going to your magic but, show, but, but you. Evbo, he loves magic. Do some close up. Pull you look like a real piece of shit <laughs> that makes you pulled your dick out in front of everybody. Pull a quarter out of his dick. Um, speaking of pulling a quarter out of your dick, let's talk about this week's song. <laughs> this week's song is called You and Me Versus the World. You plus me versus the world? Yes. You add plus. to me. Yeah. This equals versus <sighs> this world. And here's a quick sample. Yes. Straight off the bat. Which I'm thinking is why we 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 kind of touched on it a little bit in our Princess Bride discussion, mm-hmm. where I have strong nostalgia for the 80s, whereas you don't. Yeah, and uh, your partner and I were talking about this just last night, mm. where you are into 80s movies, mm-hmm. and I was just not born... 90, 1990 to 1996 is my sweet nostalgia spot, mm-hmm. right? But for you, it's earlier. You're into the 80s shit. I, I like, like late 80s, early 90s, really. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like synthy shit. Mm-hmm. I like the... I like Synthwave the, and everything, yeah. Yeah, synthwave rules, that sort of retrofuturism in mm-hmm. music, I think is great. So I didn't... I, You know, again, I fucking do this at the beginning of every episode now, tip my hand. Like, I didn't hate it. I thought this song was okay, but that's the only thing that made it interesting. Where the synths? Mm. What else did you like about this song? I just loved it overall. Like <laughs> I, it was, I, I liked. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple things that I would have improved. That I would have punched up a little bit, but like the planetarium music opening at the beginning, like loved. Like it. you're at the fucking look at the galaxy around you. Yeah, stars by the billions. It's very Sagan esque. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then. Like that is not a voice I would associate with a song like this. That is not a sound I would like. Kev's voice just doesn't work in this song. You don't. When you think of the planetarium, when you think of looking at the stars, yeah. But the thing is, like, he doesn't do it. He does it when the guitar kicks in. Like, if he'd been doing it during the opening, where it's just like pew pew pew, and you just hear. That would have been fine, but like he, when it starts to get all chonky in that '80s, like that '80s pop rock opening, right? Like that's when he comes in, like the sha na 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 la 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 la, and his voice is just too weak. I need like a sha na like meatloaf, like sha na na na. We started singing sha na 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 na. Um, I disagree. Okay, go on. I thought it was interesting. Whereas here's here was my main quibble with this song. It wasn't interesting. It was Ed Hard disagree. Ed singing about Ed shit with oh, a very Ed cadence. I give zero fucks about Ed's lyrics to this song, except where the where they um dovetail with eighties, you know, stuff. Hated that too. But like even his delivery It's an eighties song. It's I guess. The music but, is eighties. The synth is eighties. The so guitar you think is they 80s. Were intentionally trying to be like reminiscent of like even the pro- pop culture references. A hundred percent. I didn't even. I feel like that. this is a hundred percent. Like, remember how I said last song that B- I feel like BNL is getting back into like original BNL where they're 
experimenting more like oh let's do this song like a mambo let's do this song like a cha-cha let's do this song like a japanese kodo music that on no no theater and they're like let's do an 80s fucking jam let's fucking jam and then they were like yeah we're gonna do that is it too on the nose to have a song that's synth based that sounds like an 80s homecoming song but also be like princess bride macgyver love to watch the thundercats (laughs) like no okay so you thought it was perfectly well i mean in the era of infinite nostalgia, no, you can never be on two on the nose with nostalgia. That's true. Uh, this song is kind of ahead of its time because it was in 2017, yeah. which was kind of before. Eh, not really. And I mean, was... nostalgia is the same way as cultural appropriation, right? You can do it. You can do it if it's it's good if it's done well. Yeah. So it's it's excusable if it's done well, but like this song for me, the lyrics are just bad. Yes. Badly done nostalgia cash grab. I agree. Whereas the music, like I was like. I thought it was just going to be another garbage Ed song, but then the chonky '80s vibe really blasted through that, like s- blasted me through the stratosphere. Yeah, and I could, I and I could, I could ignore the, uh, like it blew me out of the airlock and uh, into the vacuum of space. And yeah, gravity assisted slingshot. I did. Ugh, I, I hate that. I literally wrote, "Saker hates this." Next <laughs> to that line. If I was blown out of the airlock with you into the vacuum of space. A gravity-assisted slingshot we do an interstellar embrace. So bring on the fire. It sucks so hard. Yeah, that was a line that like, a gravity-assisted slingshot we'd do. Yeah, we'd do. <laughs> it's a great Yoda-esque way of doing your lines that you have a weird yeah. rhyme at the end. I mean, the, the Star, Star Wars came out in the 80s. Gravity-assisted slingshot we'd do. <laughs> I don't like the fucking... I mean, let's talk at uh, at the lyrics for a moment. Like, I felt like this was some, like, uh, random references, trying to reclaim the days of one week, trying to get this, like, 80s cred in the cheapest way possible. Like, remember Princess Bride, remember MacGyver. The final seconds of a thrilling ending. No weed MacGyver it through. Cause when I'm with you... Like, I just felt like it Remember was a, snorks? It was a family guy skit. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, yeah, I don't know. Um, but but I understood because Ed, this is his this is the way his brain works. Mm-hmm. He's like so into pop culture and so into all this shit. Someone whose understanding of a healthy relationship is painted by movies and TV shows. Um, the world is never gonna fucking give up. Only in your sitcoms, Ed, will you beat the world. Cause guess what? If you and your sweetie are like it's me and you versus the world, but the world is going to kick your fucking ass. If you think you're going to like go out there on your own and like, we'll just, we'll figure it out together. You're going to be homeless on the streets. You're going to be, I don't know. He, it's it's you is, and me and a billion dollars versus the world. Yeah, all right. <laughs> in our eyes. Can't help but realize this is not a fight. It's going to win. It's throwing in the towel and I felt like this song sort of romanticized the idea of like... But that's so... That in and of itself is 80s. Okay, I guess. Like, so we're I'm gonna get into the karate tournament. <laughs> Everyone is trying to beat me, but I learned so- Shotokan karate from an ancient man. With a thick accent. <laughs> Actually played by a Korean man, but he's supposed to be Japanese. Pat Morita was Japanese. Uh, oh, I wasn't speaking about Pamarito oh, specifically, oh, but yeah. um, Long Duck Dog is his name. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but so at what point do we do we differentiate 
this is written to be an 80s pastiche from this has bad lyrics. (laughs) Because they are not mutually exclusive, I guess. No, no. I think there's a Venn diagram here. Do you think Ed wrote the lyrics to intentionally be cheesy? I guess what I'm asking. They'd have to... He doesn't have to. Is he, Ed, let me ask you a question. Okay. Do you think Ed is a stupid man? <laughs> no, I think he's very smart. Okay. But I also think that sometimes he doesn't do a second pass at lyrics. He writes down shit he just, like... He just sucks down those two hot dogs, he gets his brain fuel, and he's ready to write. It's me and Tiki D, and we're going to go to the barbershop together and like... What the fuck does any of this mean? Brimming with the big bowl. Like... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like sometimes he could use another pass, but I think he's very smart and very talented. So I don't know. What's the answer here? Fuck if I know. You don't know. (laughs) You don't know. Okay. You don't think it was intentional. I think it was intentional. Oh, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I meant. Okay. okay. I think he specifically, I mean, at some point you have to realize that you are a caricature of yourself. When yeah. you're when you're when you're famous, right? Yeah, I guess. When, so. when you go on to that reality television show as a washed up, you know, movie star or television star or musician or whatever, when Flavor Flav goes on, like you Flavor know, of love. B- Flavor of Love, dude has to know he's washed up. Yeah. Or you're sure. or you're just lying to yourself. And either way, that's what the vibe I'm getting from this song. Like, Ed is either sort of cynically saying, like, yeah, fuck, this is what I do now, or He's lying to himself, which is all the more, which is way more fun for me. He's like, let me tell a story so wild that even I have to believe it. So if he's lying to himself, then you can't think the lyrics are intentional because he's No, he thinks he's doing a good job. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. (laughs) Now that I can get behind because like, I think that beyond that 80s references and shit, this is a fucking boring tune about Ed and his partner. Very much agreed. Jesus Christ, Ed. But hey, it's not as horrible as other Ed songs. Like, there's no nagging. Yep. There's no apology. Yes. There's It's not a strip, you know, it's just a stripped down love song. It is. Like an 80s fucking power ballad. It's you and me versus the world, girl. Yeah, okay. I could, yeah. You and me and my left kick. <laughs> my left kick. When I make the karate tournament. Oh, oh no face kicks? I guess I'm out. <laughs> this is, I don't know. Like, there's some darker parts to this, maybe. Like, like I, I don't know. Like, if there, I were... there are darker parts in that, like, the world keeps trying to beat them down, but he knows they're going to get through it together. What about if I were stuck in a burning building, I'd want to be there with you? If I was stuck inside a burning building, I'd want to be there with you. If he has the option to be there alone, you're taking, he still wants to drag her into it. You're taking that line out of context. Read the rest of the stanza. Okay. If I were stuck in a burning building, I'd want to be there with you. The final seconds of a thrilling ending. I know we MacGyver it through. There you go. So, yeah, we're going to get out. <clears throat> but I don't want her to be involved. I don't want to have to run that risk. I don't want to have to have the thrill of, like, will we die? No. If I were stuck inside a burning building, I'd want to be there well, alone. What if you were in an 80s action movie? I don't. Have, Wouldn't you want to be there with the love in, your love interest? If you were in an 80s action movie, would you have the understanding that you were in an 80s action movie? No. You would just think, what a bad day Right, I'm but having. the writer of this song does. Oh, okay, all right, it's got it. We are looking from an omniscient, from God's point mm-hmm. of view. Ed is God. Yes. We are seeing through In the context eyes. of this song, he is an omniscient narrator. Okay, 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 okay. Interesting. What a weird... Here's, what I, here's maybe why I think the lyrics are bad. The only two 80s references we have are Princess Bride and MacGyver. He should have put in a shit ton more. Had this been the one week for the 80s, that would have fucking ruled. 
Ghostbusters yeah. couldn't beat us, <laughs> neither could John McClane. <laughs> like, I, see, I think you would be. I think if he did that, you would be really on his case for it. I think you. I think you hundred percent would. If I could see every parallel timeline, I wouldn't be. But you're right. If that's the song he produced, maybe I would be. <laughs> he would be yeah. like, "What the fuck is going on?" Here? <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of imagining it in my head, and I kind of like it. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. So yeah, but I, I hundred percent agree. The like the cheesy the lyrics are cheesy. Yeah, but I think they're intentionally cheesy. Man, because. Okay, I was going to say Ed can write a good love song, but no, he can't. No, he can't. He can't write a good love nope. song. So I think he's a, he's either accepted that or he's like, I'm going to fucking kick it into the stratosphere. <laughs> Truly the closest I think he's ever gotten to writing a good love song is a song about where he stalks a woman and then draws her face on the side of a train every day. And she like, <laughs> that one is actually like, oh, this is sweet. I think like it's a sweet love song. And even that it's creepy and weird. Um, I don't I don't know, man. I, get, I mean, this song did grow on me. It grew on me to the point of tolerance, where mm-hmm. I was like, yes, I don't hate this song. This song is fine. And that was where kind of I stopped with this song, I guess. I think that for me, what happened is the lyrics faded into the background as I listened to it more and more. And sure. the music took the musicality, took the foreground. Yeah. And that's when I started to really love this song. Yeah. Like I was bopping out to it. I do. I remember on, God, is even the title supposed to be sort of like an 80s you and me versus the world man i just thought this was bad but you're making me realize that i missed the irony didn't i it's okay or maybe i didn't we all we all have to give up sometimes yes because like this is i remember on like season two or three or something i randomly remembered the name of you and me versus the world and i was like what would ed of this era think of like you and me versus the world ed mm-hmm. and i actually think he'd think this was a cool song yeah now that, I, yeah. <laughs> now that i'm re-examining it <laughs> This is, yeah, this is kind of I think of a, Ed looks at all of his music in a continuum and th- sees no problems. Yeah. Nothing he would change, nothing he would make better. God, I hope that's not he, true. He moves ever forward. I hope that's not true. It's like a shark. Oh. Never, never, never looks back, never stops. Jesus Christ. His eyes rolled back in his head as he takes another big bite out of that golden apple. I, I will say that every Kev part of the song is lovely. That insane boopy keyboard nonsense after the, like no matter what circumstance yeah that is like i could i had like a fucking vision like a dude in like shoulder pads and like yeah. a white suit like feathered hair and shades just going ham on like a cat keyboard yeah like one of those like day glow ties meow, meow, meow. yeah just that, going fucking insane on a keyboard that that fucking solo kicks ass yes yeah it rules the chorus kind of kicks ass too like it's it's big and 80s and silly so you and me again I love it. yeah i love that i think that my that's one of my critiques of the song is ed's voice can't pull it off for yeah. me. like it yeah. needs like a for a song like this you need bombastic yeah you need like angus young from our uh, you and me again yeah. or like a ronnie james dio or bon jovi or stevie nicks or joan jett or something like it needs that and rock guitar is yeah. what it needs in this song yeah i agree it's a little too it's a little too sedate. sedate yeah i'm with you yeah he just doesn't seem to understand the assignment maybe no i think he's he knows exactly what he wants he's just not physically capable of doing it wow you think this is 
he wants he wants like what they need is was like tyler to sing this song why has tyler not taken more of a if tyler did the chorus for the song if we had kev on the la la la's if we had ed on the verses and if we had ty on the fucking is you and me that would fucking rule that's a great idea yeah told you i was gonna punch the song up and man you know here's the thing i wish we had more live videos maybe ty would have done it live but i couldn't find one single live version of this and i was like is this because this came so close to the pandemic it's 2017 (laughs) why didn't they do more of these songs why well they did they just no one filmed them god maybe that's true fuck that sucks well i think they're the point now where they play a concert they have to play their hits and they have enough hits that they have to, that, that fills the concert. Yeah. Where, so they've only got like space for one or two songs from their new album. Yeah. And they're going to play that looking up. Yeah. Cause it's got a video, man. That's Cause fucking... we went to that concert. Yeah. They played sucks. looking up. That was the only song I think they remember. I remember them playing. They played one other one. New songs. You mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. They played, they played a couple of new songs. They played Peterborough on the court or, uh, not Peterborough on the Carthas, uh, township of King, um, which we haven't gotten to yet. It's the last song on this album. Um. Yeah. What else did they play? They played a couple songs. Yeah. Like I said. Yeah. I. I just don't. I don't they just don't have room for it because, yeah. like, what are you gonna you're gonna kick off? It's all been done. This the old apartment and put on. You know. I mean, to be honest, it's all been done. Me, wasn't being played on our tour until our stop, which I took as a secret private message from Ed to me. <laughs> but wow, they didn't play. It's all been done. I know. Nobody like stormed the stage. They have so many fucking hits that they can get away with shit like that. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you're right though. They need to do. They need to do what Weird Al did, where they he did those like Unplugged, much yeah. smaller venues, and he only did his B sides. But they don't have the cachet that Weird Al does. Yeah, you. Probably... They have to do fucking tiny venues, like they'd go to like a you know a bar, yeah. and play Cafe Carraway, and they're they're way too they're, they're way too big to do that. See, they're in that like uncomfortable liminal yeah. space between being small enough that they can like appear in a tiny venue, or and big enough that they you know they still sell out mid-sized venue you, like, yeah. you got to go over the money is i yeah, guess yeah you, i mean well, yeah weird al could have but weird al is humongous yeah and he did smaller venues and he just sold out and when they sold out he was done right like, but they're not but smaller venues he's doing like small concert halls not like is he doing like bars no he's not doing bars that's but some ladies could do small concert halls that's what i'm saying they do small concert halls and they play fucking peterborough on the kawarthas they play their like deep 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 ass shit that fans want to hear okay <laughs> they do a ships and dip is what you want yeah <laughs> yeah yeah brother. now that i'm saying it out loud i do want them to do ships and dip again um i don't know but, but we are getting to the point la where... la 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 just can't <laughs> can't get that out of my head kev's voice kev, kev should be the new face of bnl la, 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 kev la, doesn't everything that kev touches on this song turns the gold and everything that ed touches turns the shit so stays, i feel... stays brass kev needs to be bnl now <laughs> I'm done looking at Ed and being like, that guy's been a good ladies. We need to flip-flop. Ed needs to take a back seat and mm. Kev needs to come out. I feel like we're, we get a situation where too much Kev goes a long way. I don't know if we do. We need to listen. Kev is best in small doses. When we listened to his solo album, I thought it was fucking great. I thought it was fine. Cloud maintenance? Yep. Really? You just thought it was fine? Oh, okay. All right. Never mind then, I guess. Never mind. That was good. Anyway, well, that was great. I want to hear Ed come out with a solo album and you being like, I, I want to hear what your opinion of that, because that Ugh, would be way too much. That would be bad. Yeah, that would be an awful. It would be a country album. Ugh, I yeah, a country know. album with rap breakdowns all about 
wanting to leave Natalie Herbert. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, fluctuating between wanting to leave her and apologizing to her about the previous song. That would be every song. <laughs> um, but we're getting to the point where I have nothing to contribute to these discussions because it's just like, that sure was Ed singing a, a song with a guitar in it. And it was but a 4-4 four, four time. He did it in a a fun way this time. Yeah. He put I a little 80s so. put a little 80s English on it. He did put which a is fine for me. You know like if you're going to give me the same, you know, same meal every day, it's if I'm going to eat chicken, salad and an apple for lunch and a cheese every day. Super good. Just do a little, do a little different spices. Maybe someday I'm going to eat like a French style chicken with like a herbs de Provence on it. Some days I'm going to eat like a curry chicken. You know, like I you know, spices. You can spice it up. And that's what he's doing here. He's spicing up the love life. Yeah, I guess we you and I are just not the same because I could eat. If I found a good song, I'm going to eat it every day. I'm going to eat it every day. You don't need to make me curry chicken. It's just that fajita chicken strips straight out of the bag. I heat them up. I put them in there. Oh, done and done. Dear Lord. What? It's easy. Oh. I got to cook chicken. Are you kidding me? Man. What? I just. Is that sad? We're just very, we approach meals very differently, man. Eating is a function over four. That's not true. You are a quantity over quality kind of guy. Dinner is where I put my money. <laughs> Lunch, whatever. Fucking, I'll eat whatever's in front of me. But dinner, boy, oh boy. I go off the rails. Boy, oh boy. I couldn't stop eating at your house last night. Good. <laughs> eight and eight and eight. Um, love that robotic harmonies. The robotic harmonies mm. we kind of have through this mm. song, like in the background. Mm. It's cool. I like that. You're, I think you're winning me over by t- telling me that I'm dumb and this song was supposed to be ironic. Oh, Okay, you're not literally saying that. I'm not telling you you're stupid. Ev, do you have anything else to talk about with this song? I had very few notes on this song. All right. Well, I'm glad I could fill the time. Ev, why don't you get us to the mascot mashup? When you think... Oh, God, I've got so much notes on this guy. (laughs) When you think of somebody cool from the 80s who's edgy, definitely uh, on a motorcycle or perhaps mm-hmm. a fighter dri- fighter pilot yep maybe uh with a, a cigarette in his hand relaxing in monte cristo casino with a girl an anthropomorphic animal girl on his arm that's right you Who, and me versus the world was about joe, joe camel what really <laughs> yes holy shit <laughs> i just planning on trolling you that's amazing nope. joe camel that's all i gotta say <laughs> i'm not allowed to talk about it because it no i um, ain't you can't do this when you took sandwich bites, mm-hmm. I talked so much. So <laughs> yeah. I have one cracker in front of me. Let me eat my cracker. So he's an advertising mascot for Camel Cigarettes. Uh, mm-hmm. He went from 1987 to 97. Um, so Camel was uh, established in the late 1800s by R.J. Reynolds, who was the son of a tobacco farmer. And when they say tobacco farmer, they mean plantation owner. Mm-hmm. So, But I mean, I guess to his credit, after business school, he sold his stake in the plantation. So he didn't okay. own any slaves That's after nice. that. And then bought a bunch of other uh, interests in other tobacco farms. So, okay. um, so a, uh, it, his, he was in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which is now known as Camel City because of every, however much everyone prefers it. Um, so 1913, he invented a way of, um, packaging cigarettes rather than, because most before that people, you would roll your own basically. Um, so he's packaged them in a soft pack. Wow. And, uh, he was the first? He was, um, they say innovated, which means he wasn't the first. He was like, saw someone do it, took it and then made it right. You know, mass produced. He had the money to make it happen. So right. he stole someone else's idea. Um, so, but Egyptian tobacco cigarettes were popular at the time. So that's why they have the camel logo. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, they're actually, it's a mixture of like Virginian and Turkish cigarettes, uh, tobacco. He also uh, added, uh, he made the, he made a special formula formulation that is more mild tobacco. So it doesn't feel like you're, you know, inhaling carcinogenic smoke. Um, 
and he priced them below his competitors. Oh, okay. So, you know, they, and um, he also added saccharin to make them a little sweeter. Interesting. Uh, so they had the first uh, viral marketing campaign where they would go around town playing The Camels Are Coming, which is uh, inspired by The Camels Are Coming. I don't know if you ever heard that song. It's a, uh, uh, I would sing a little bit, but I'm not going to. Um, it's about a, it's about the Jacobite uprising of 715 and John Duke Campbell, second Duke of Argyle. We'll put a little bit in there. It's a famous uh, Scottish song. I remember playing it on the piano when I was learning piano. Okay, cool. So it's just about the Campbells coming. So anyway, uh, he married a, uh, when he was 55, he was a lifelong bachelor until he was 55 and then uh, married a 25 year old. So why not? Sure. Yeah, why dude. Not? Why not? You got to flaunt it. When he died, he was the richest person in North Carolina. Wow. Unsurprisingly. It, what's the bar for that? Who was the second richest? Billy Bathgate. Oh, wow. You didn't do your fucking research. Billy Bathgate. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> gave you an answer, didn't I? <laughs> I was just so ready to chastise you immediately. Didn't realize so, you gave me an answer. In uh, 2013, Camel Cigarettes celebrated its 100th anniversary, and Do- Dr. Robert Proctor, a professor at um, Stanford, wrote an ed- editorial in the LA Times commenting on the occasion, saying, Camels have sold over 4 trillion cigarettes in the last century and have probably contributed to over 4 million deaths. Wow. So Fantastic. Yeah, they, uh, they're advertising. So we're getting into the advertising now. For In the 30s, their advertisements were... For- for digestion's sake. Oh, nice. Okay. You know, cigarettes, good for your digestion. And in 1946, they they um, unveiled this little this little chestnut, favorite choice of doctors from every branch of medicine. Love that. It makes you think that the doctors are prescribing this, but no, it's just doctors who smoked. This was the most this preferred cigarette sure. brand among sure. them. So, and it was conducted by Camel's own advertising agency, and okay. they gave them free cigarettes. Oh, sure. So, wow. Then they debuted uh, Camel Cash, the C Note. I don't know what that is. You could buy. Cam- oh, is that where you get the jackets? And you can shit? buy camel jackets yeah. with. You can buy them with fucking Joe Camel on them, actually, which right. we're getting to now. He was known as Old Joe. Okay. So um, he was in uh, the early 1900s. Or not 1900s. I'm sorry. The uh, mid mid 1990s. He was um, a smooth character. Born in Europe, he fought in the French Foreign Legion. Really? Yep. A muscular humanoid with a camel head. He's always wearing shoes. You never show his feet. No tail, no hump. Hands shown only when necessary. Often with human or camel, anthropomorphic camel ladies. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a piano player, a sailor, fighter pilot, race car driver, motorcyclist. Wow. Um, in 1991, the American Medical Association published a report that more five and six-year-olds recognized Joe Camel than Mickey Mouse, Yikes. Fred Flintstones, Bugs Bunny, or Barbie. Oh, my God. And uh, so they were... Um, begged to stop using him yeah they did not oh really many many times they were asked by the american medical institute only time they finally stopped using him when they were forced to pay out millions of dollars when uh, a bunch of papers were released from uh, 1974 their uh, vp of marketing said virtually all smokers start by the age of 25 and select their preferred brand by the age of 18 we need to capture this young adult market what can we do oh i hate so they debuted joe fucking camel here he is Oh, this is a really good okay. Penis. I do like that shirt. <laughs> um wow. So how is this song about Joe Camel or why? Well, he's an eighties mascot. Didn't age well. Uh-huh. Just like this song. Uh-huh. <laughs> he is uh all flash and no thunder because, you know, he's a fucking cigarette brand salesman. Right. And I mean, I could see Joe Camel, you were looking through the pictures there, and there's one in Joe Camel in a white suit, uh, just sitting there, and that's the that's the keyboardist I pictured 
for um <laughs> for the solo sure with the moon behind him yeah. And, yeah so like the so for me joe camel is like the um archetype of nostalgia without anything behind it right sure the because, tv show yes because no, yeah. it's it's addictive right yeah just like the camel like he looks he's a cool guy right and we've got this like world's most interesting man sort of right. thing nowadays and uh you know joe camel was this guy before it was this guy right okay so he's a smooth character and uh <laughs> so um so like you know you could see him macgyvering his way out of situation you could see him you know falling in love with a nice lady camel yeah. who also is a woman who doesn't yeah. show her feet or hands only when necessary yeah um driving his motorcycle around with a big uh you know he's like mr clean but hairy with a camel face yeah and also okay. he sells cigarette brand cigarettes rather than cleaning supplies but you know so i feel like i feel like joe and also like the, ho- the whole aesthetic of joe camel is like an outsider like it's it's me against the world sort of thing okay like, you know like really yeah you don't think that he's got a charmed life i mean Yes, but he's no, he's put as a bad boy, right? Like he's a cool dude. Okay. Right? And I mean, he's like he is a playboy, but he's not a I mean, he has multiple like takes, right? He's got the millionaire playboy thing where he's in his white suit, you right. know, in the in the Monte Carlo casino, but also he's on his motorcycle with a fucking leather jacket like right. rum, 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 and his blue jeans and shit and shoes, always shoes. Always shoes. Don't want to show his but fucking nasty feet. Keep this mystery alive. <laughs> there's, just, there's just two hooves in the shape of feet just etched into feet. Ugh. So yeah, I, I I mean, I could see him like being this and so so just like this song is empty nostalgia right it's just references um he is that way sure right no show no backup like that and and like cigarettes you know you have to keep looking back on them like you don't i've never met somebody who smoked for you know 30 40 years who liked smoking like right. wouldn't quit if they if they like hey if i have the power like if i have a magical one i can touch you on the head you'll never need another cigarette again in your life would you take it i've never met anyone who wouldn't say that i don't, I don't call people like that but i see all these people like ah, fuck man if i could quit i would sort of right. thing yeah yeah so. but hey smoking's uh coming back bud it is yeah that's i mean it's a pendulum right you know we have a uh, because they're showing it again in movies and they're showing it again in tv shows and things like that um, it's, it's on the up so of course kids are doing it more because they see you know Andrew, i don't really see it in movies or tv shows anymore but I've you know noticed, what? i've noticed it a lot actually lately they're I think that smoking drugs uh, has become more popular in movies and TV shows lately. So maybe that's leading to an uptick in cigarette smoking as well. Yeah, I don't actually maybe. know. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if there's any any sort of uh, 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 link there. Um, in any case, okay. So Joe Camel. Joe Camel versus the Crypt <laughs> Keeper. This is why the listeners come, right? Yes. Um, what does Joe Camel do? He's just cool. He's cool. He's strong. Is he strong? I mean, he's fucking buff. Yeah, okay. He's a, I mean, he's like I said, he's Mr. Clean, but like for cigarettes. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So he's a he's a tough guy. So he's cool, um, he's, he's buff, he, he's he motorcycle, sexy. he's a motorcycle. He fought in the French Foreign Legion, so he's got some combat experience. Okay, okay. Killing brown people in the desert. Okay, good, good. Yeah, that's weird coming out of Egyptian tobacco that he's back in the Middle well, he, East he, killing uh, people. He um the character was from the front like the character existed before Camel grabbed him. So, oh, so he was yeah he was like a he was in Europe. They, there was some artist who was drawing him in Europe. Wow! So he was a okay. uh, in the French Foreign Legion. So like one of the first furries, uh, he was drawing this camel man that he wanted to fuck. This very fuckable camel man. He wanted a camel man. Wanted to fuck him. I was looking at those pictures and I was like, maybe I kind of want to smoke. Maybe because he's like really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. It was almost getting me there. Do you think he sells the Crypt Keeper? He's a good salesman. He. 
You think the, oh. you think the Crypt Keeper smoke himself to death? Oh, so he makes friends. He's already with got the a fucking hack, hack in lungs. Yeah, yeah, so like he breaks in to try and kill the Crypt Keeper, right? Yeah. Gets caught in a, this and that. He makes it through like half a dozen traps because he's fucking tough. Like yeah. he's like he's gonna get. He's gonna he's like a diehard Bruce Willis. So character. he's taking the hits. He's taking the hits. He's going through the. He's going through the spiked trap. He's going through the hallway with the blades that go and there's the the darts and things like that because he's like a he's like an Indiana Jones, Bruce Willis, Jack McClane character. He's fighting his way through this. He's right. like a Tomb Raider. Okay, Angelina Jolie, classic character, classic Tomb Raider. I love the Tomb Raider movies. I've never seen them. They're great. Okay. Um, all right. Laura lads. But at what point does he, he how gets, many traps can he take before he falls? I bet he takes almost all of them. Let's roll a D20. There are 20 traps. And maybe some of them don't get set off. He doesn't set, step on the right thing. I think Joe Camel can take 14 traps until he dies. So if the number is above a 14, then he, he dies. Okay. But if the number is 14 or below, oh. then he gets to the Crypt Keeper Keeper. and either befriends him and makes him <laughs> smoke until he dies or just tears him apart with his bare hands because Joe Camel's very strong. Yeah, but the Crypt Keeper can't be defeated conventional. I don't think Joe Camel doesn't have the means to, to defeat the Crypt Keeper in combat. Oh, he can he can beat the shit out of him, but the Crypt Keeper is always going to come back. OK. All right. So anyway, let's we'll see if he gets through the traps first. OK. I think he could take 14 traps. OK. Only 11 traps went off. OK, so he's. He's he beaten. got there. He got there. Okay. He's being pretty. He's pretty fucked up. Yeah, he's fu- he's not doing well, but uh, he made it there. But that might actually make him look cooler. Now he's got these like scars yeah, yeah. and blood, and yeah, okay, yeah, fucking fucking so, like arrow, broken off arrow sticking out of his and arm. The keeper says, "How did you do that? <laughs> I no one's ever made through my crimson with he. You're a real cut up, Joe." And he Camel. says, and he says, "Well." If you want to know how I made it through. And he just like takes out that pack of cigarettes and like does the thing where you tap them, tap them sure. on your thing to pack the tobacco down and he lights one up. And the creepy was like, hmm, wonderful. May I try one? And then he's hooked. He's hooked for life uh-huh. or death. Ah, okay. So, yeah. So uh, Joe's is only because uh, the creepy he's kind of a bon vivant, too. Like he's out at that party in the disco club, you know, Times Square. God, they party together for yeah. a while. Yeah, they, it's like a fucking rat pack, a does, brat pack there. Where does, the, Joe Cam- the does Joe Camel die of, of lung cancer before the Crypt Keeper, though? Well, Joe Camel gets canceled. Oh, so he goes away. But the Crypt Keeper's still around. No, he doesn't. The Crypt Keeper's not around either. Okay. In this fictional universe, who dies of lung cancer first? Oh. I guess Joe Camel's been doing it for longer. Yeah, I don't think I think Joe Camel cannot die of lung cancer. I think he's a, he's like a mutant. That's his power. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so Joe Camel wins. So the Crypt Keeper, yeah. The Crypt Keeper doesn't die, but his lungs are so ravaged by cigarettes that he just can't he can't he can't perform his function, which is telling puns. Right. And okay. then he just kind of like <laughs> Okay. Got it. Got it. Um Okay. So is that a victory? Hey, you said it's in whatever version right. of... Yeah, so I think Joe Camel wins. Fucking good Joe Camel. I'm on his side, man. We were looking for somebody worse than Mr. Clean. <laughs> we found him, bud. God, I feel like Mr. Clean should come back just to rip <laughs> Joe Camel apart, but he's gone. Um, Now it's time to rate this week's song. He bled out in the park. As usual, we rate the song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is, and the fewer the better. As usual, we start this with you. So, F, where does the song fall? Oh, man. 
We're going, it's me and my buddy Seiki Sake. We're going on vacation. We go to we get a timeshare. We get a timeshare in Fort Lauderdale. You love that. Boca Raton. We hey. get a timeshare in the mouth of the rat. Taco Raton. Taco Raton. As they call it. We go there and we get our little timeshare. We get a it's a little uh walk up, but it's got a awesome hot tub in it. A hotted tub. Hotted tub. Okay. And uh we get a couple bottles of our favorite drinks. Good. We put on our swimmies and we relax in this hot tub. It's bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. We get drunk in this hot tub watching Uh-oh. our favorite our favorite 80s and 90s movies because it's got that big plasma screen tv did we leave our partners and children behind hell yeah okay, we did this is just night. the boys night <laughs> okay. bubbling 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 and wake up oh my god things have changed it is a hot tub time machine the famous oh, john no! cusack movie okay. from the 2010 yeah, probably 2010 was, exactly, enough they made another bet. one I yeah guess, i guess but without like Adam Scott, maybe? Some I people quit? Or, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Hot tub time machine. Okay. We are back in the 80s, my friend. We're not only back in the 80s, 80s. We're back in the 80s on top. Wow. We wake up in a penthouse in New York City. Wow. We wake up with lines of cocaine on there. It looks like this, there's strippers all over the floor. It looks like we've had a blowout. We have replaced two highfalutin executive slash rock stars okay so we are like a gordon gecko we're uh nice we're a real nice situation so we put on our glasses and we got to play the part because if we don't I mean why wouldn't we we're on vacation right now sure there's no accountability we're gonna go we know we're gonna go back to the future yeah so we just enjoy ourselves Let's fuck it's around like going to west world find out these oh, robots yeah. don't feel pain oh yeah i kill as many people as i can <laughs> great that's the way to do it. no well, here's the thing is they're not robots though if you kill them if you kill them now these people we're, we're pretending to be are, are going to be punished for it like Two high-level execs killed 800 people, I, yeah. but we, when we go back to the future, will be fine. Okay. Okay. Unless one of those people was our, like, mother. No, I mean, this is uh, a, uh, a, a causal time loop, right? So I remember, like, one day I was just flipping around on the microfiche, and I remember, like, whoa, this high-level executive killings me. That guy kind of looks like me. Isn't that funny? And then I never thought about it again mm-hmm. until after I killed people. I was like, oh, fuck. That was me. I caused that. Now, the question is, do we escape from the police and get back in the time machine, or are we arrested and have to stay in the 80s? That's not really the question. The question is, what are we wearing? <laughs> okay. All right. Never mind. Sure. doesn't matter whether we escape or not. Sure, sure. Yeah, but we got to play our concert. We've killed 800 people. We go onto the stage covered in blood with our kitars. Right. We are the, we're the like Yoshida brothers of kitars. Okay. <laughs> we're, making it, we're making it popular again. Love it. So we come in. Uh, neither of us know how to play the kitar. but whatever we hit seems magic right wow like yeah it's just we're we're high on cocaine we're wearing um big like shoulder padded Uh no shirt underneath Mm -hmm. just our our chests hanging out we're wearing a really tight um board not board shorts what are those little cutoff shorts like daisy dukes Uh uh-huh oh yeah booty shorts booty shorts we're in booty shorts and we're wearing a hmm what are quintessential 80s shoes loafers <laughs> yeah like a, loafer and loafers. a loafer maybe doesn't fit but loafers so yeah we're out on stage our stage has a full bar oh wow that we serve ourselves frequently from during there has a bartender on there he doesn't sing doesn't dance not part of the show just to serve us cocaine and, and beers but okay. we're out there having a good time police show up but they can't get through our legions of fans, fans right. our fans tear them apart we say say it's all for you damien and the rip them apart and uh, we make the references and then we come back we make it we make it we make it out okay it's a good song okay it's a good song it's got bare legs 
It's got, oh no, we're wearing those sweet deep Vs. Oh yeah. Oh, those sweet all deep the way Vs. Down. All the way down. Our hip bones are out. Yeah. People can see our... We're wearing, yeah. the, we're wearing like the um, bikini bottoms that were super popular among women and the ladies where it's just mm. like that V, that really mm. sharp V that goes up probably above their hips. We're wearing okay. those. We're wearing those. Okay. Except wow. we got our big old janks hanging out, so one like one nut on each side. Yeah. Oh man, do we I just, love we that? We just slot the slot the, slot the uh, Frankfurter right up the middle. <laughs> the, the old hot dog. The bun. old hot dog. Sure. Um, for me, do uh, you and me against the world. Me and Saker having killed eight hundred people <laughs> against the world. Uh, <laughs> la la la. When my la, horrible la. plot is unfurled, I'll stab a dude and shoot his wife. Um, a girl. Oh, we're still rhyming. This song for me, I'm on the beach in Boca Raton, Florida. Oh, sweet Boca Raton. <laughs> Taco Raton, because of how many Taco Johns there are down in Taco Raton, Florida. Uh, and um, I'm there, we're on the beach, and I go, you know what, Ebo? I'm going to go, like, I'm going to go explore. I'm just going to walk, see if I can find some quicksand on this beach. So I'm walking down the beach, I find this cave, I... I do a little spelunking, get in this cave a little bit, and I trip over something. Oh, what is this? Pick it up. It's a little lamp. And I say, oh, a lamp. This couldn't possibly be. And I rub it, and a genie comes out and says, what is your wish? And I say, I bet Ev would get a kick out of this. I say, I wish me and Ev were back in the 80s. And he says, your wish is my command. And I look around, and I say, how long does it take to work? And he says, Couple days, usually. Couple days. <laughs> Couple days. Okay. So, Evan and I get ready. Yep. Our, we have to leave the next morning. Could we be any time. Get on the plane and like, ooh, did we get first class? No, we're still in the same. We're in coach. Like these seats feel roomier. I like this. This is nice. We get home. We go to work the next day, and it's like people are commenting like, "Oh, you look good, Saker." Oh, thank you. I guess I, I, I Florida. I probably have a tan. They're like, "Oh, okay." And the next day, I wake up and and my partner goes like babe, is something wrong? I go, no. She goes, you look gaunt. I say, oh. So I put my clothes on and I go over Ev's and I say, Ev, are you feeling okay? And you say, yeah, I'm I'm feeling all right. And I look at you and I realize that you're, of course, you look exactly like I do. You're my dark mirror. Both of us are like perilously thin. We're we're back in our 80s, meaning the 80, we weigh like 85 and 87 pounds, respectively. I thought we were going back to the 80s one pound at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah we kind of. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but none of our clothes really fit anymore, so we're showing a lot of shoulder as it's draping off of our skeletal forms. Our pants are hanging down. Our belt is kind of cinched, but you can see a lot of butt. I think uh, we would both be dead at 80 pounds. Probably some I think, we got, I think we got 80 pounds no, of bones in me. we could do it. Our no, we would be dead at 80 pounds, bro. Let me have this. We'd be crypt keepers. Let me have... Okay, we're crypt keepers. <laughs> so both of us finally get down to 80 pounds, and we're both like this now. <laughs> and uh, we have a really good time for the rest of our afterlife. I mean, one thing you say about the crypt keeper, always enjoying himself. That's true. And you know what else I enjoy? These commercials. We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Barenaked Ladies podcast. Hey, Ev. Want to start a gang? Wow. I never thought about it. What's the Caucasian equivalent of the Latin Kings? The Wonder Bread Saints. (laughs) 
it's yeah, it's kind of, maybe the Boondock Saints. Even <laughs> it's hard to say. Uh, um, okay, the Wonder Bread Saints. That's a real Youngstowny. Yeah, Wonder Bread, of course, makes its home in Youngstown. Okay, sure, I'd like to start a game. Is it Schwabels that makes its home in Youngstown? Oh shit, yeah, they Schwabels. We could be the Schwabel Saints. Okay, that's very good. <laughs> so what are the Schwe- what do we do as a game? What's our what's our uh, mo? Well, I feel like we have to have because so. Hmm. Do we do we need to have a criminal enterprise to be a gang? Uh, no. I don't know. What does a gang do? If I feel not like crime. Yeah, I feel like a gang in a in a sense is a is a extra legal military organization that yeah. performs extra legal activities. So what's Whereas, our what's maybe, our shtick? We uh we we uh maybe we fuck bread. Is that- is that, is that extra legal? I don't think that's a crime. Okay, never mind then. I mean, if you do it in public. Okay, I don't so think, we I don't... publicly fuck. <laughs> so public exposure is our crime. Yeah, we go to grocery stores. <laughs> the Schwabel Saints. <laughs> and we just kind of get into it. We get into aisle one, baby. And we just start taking off those little bread clips and going at it. Make a little hole in the loaf. So we're quickly arrested for public exposure? <laughs> no, and... we always run. We have an out. We have a plan. Uh, we have somebody on the inside. Absolutely. We got, we got one of the one of the judges in our pocket. <laughs> That's correct. One of the judges in the Shrable Saints. Um, yeah. Okay. So this is fun. I like this game. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, what do we do? We have any bigger things? Where that we do we? Do? We, uh, we are. We're very careful because we're 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 white. So we're very careful about when we fuck our bread. We put up like curtains at either end of the aisle, and then we have like a, a janitor like come by. It's like a fucking uh, Ocean's Eleven sure. <laughs> like, okay. sting oh. everything. Like bam, 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 and we like the janitor's coming like whistling by. Like sorry, ma'am, you can't go in here. And it's just a guy like just just pounding a loaf of bread. <laughs> yep, that's exactly. So we Isle stores closed today. <laughs> stores always open on Wednesdays. We recruited. We have the janitor, <laughs> our crew, and the cashier, the baby driver, the store owner, uh-huh, the judge. <laughs> cool. This is a cool game. Yeah. Why don't they do an Ocean's Eleven where they just recruit like political officials <laughs> and uh, police? <laughs> so they're not criminals. They just. Like, uh, I'm sorry, sir. You haven't paid your back taxes on this lot of property you owned in 20 years. But I never bought that. Oh, it says here you do. You owe us $500,000. The magistrate. <laughs> this yeah. is where I come in. See? The notary public. <laughs> the cop troller. <laughs> cop troller sounds like so much of a more badass thing than it is. Yeah, I'm not sure. What, what does a cop troller do? Uh, You're a teacher. Comp trolling has to do with teaching, doesn't it? I don't think so. I, I thought, thought, some sort of, I thought there was some sort of official that dealt with the uh, pedagogy. Or I something. thought it was somebody who uh, who like waved planes into <laughs> into the hangar. That's the air traffic controller, right? A comp troller is. Um, I, I wait. Let me let me make one guess. Yeah. This explanation will not elucidate any answer any of our, any of our questions. We'll be even more confused when we finish. Is my guess. The comp troller is effectively the CFO of a public body. Oh. That's actually very helpful. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah, they. Uh, so yeah, you could have a comp tro- you could have a comp controller for like the Columbus City Schools. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For so, sure you could. so I was correct in a in a in a weird way. Yeah. And you, as usual, were incorrect. Right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Yeah. Okay. They're, so they're a handyman to have in your pocket. Yeah. You got to get a comp controller. The money man. The money, the money guy. man. Yeah. Um. What He's the guy this? with the green visors in the back, with like the the, the <laughs> machines that count all the thousand dollar bills. Can you can you name this movie? The movie where we fuck bread and we—it's <laughs> called the Breadwinners. Yes. <laughs> That's what this. 
<laughs> this Ocean's Eleven style heist movie is called. <laughs> it's just the two of us fucking bread. Yep, yep, yep. And also recruiting. We started. We started a global pandemic, so that uh, stores have to close down. <laughs> oh sure. In our lab, we release. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're real bad people. Yeah. 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 We're t- pretty terrible. That's fun though. It's fun to think about. Yeah. Also, we could just fuck be- bread and peas. You. Can't you just buy it and bring it to your house and have sex with it? No, it's it has to be in. Pu- has to be in pub- See, we need it to be in public, and we need to be people people in the store. But we don't need a ton of people, right? Yeah, then just see a few. Us. Just yeah. a few. Just to get that. Uh, yeah. Get that. Get get the juices roiling. You as know, they I also say. likes to fuck bread in public. Yes, I do. Why? That's our friend. Go on, Logan Jenkins. That's right. Logan Jenkins, a.k.a. Breadfucker, runs a show called (laughs) Game Mechanics, a show about tabletop role-playing games from lots of different perspectives. In each episode, host Breadfucker brings in an industry insider to talk about different aspects of role-playing games. Season 1 wrapped up uh, last June, um, but Game Mechanics will return someday, somehow. The Orange Groves is being kept afloat by <laughs> precious few podcasts. Oh my goodness. Hey, as long as I keep paying our hosting chims, I'm Brother? in. Brother, I'm in. I'm in. Um, anyway, listen to if Game If I have mechanics. to pay that again, this podcast ends. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time in the show when we spin that big wheel, which I for some reason X'd out at the end of last... What you the fuck? Fool. And uh, we're going to see what we have going on today. Thanks. That was fun. Today's segment is called One Little Slip. One Little Slip. We, we have, have not done this one in forever. Create a movie from this song. I think we just did that. One... Yeah, we did. Never mind. All right, let's do it again. <laughs> this segment is called Come On Now Now. now. Uh, so the humor of the situation. Find a line from this song and treat it as a riddle. What's the <laughs> hypothetical answer? Ooh, I like this. Okay. Um, let's see. So, Ev, mm-hmm. here's my little riddle for you. Okay, please. What kind of girl has no white flags? <laughs> um... Ooh, uh, <laughs> oh, then build up on a, I wanted to I wanted to do the drop the bass. Uh, it's a girl from New Orleans Mardi Gras float. Pirate. <laughs> so I went pirate. Black flag black flag. Black pirate. Flag, sure. Mar- New Orleans Mardi Gras. Yeah. That's where I'm at. That's where my head's at. Let me, um, let me show what's, you. What's her name? The is that pirate girl, pirate lady? Uh, Piratessa. 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 <laughs> the pirate lady. Let me show you how this is done. Okay. Why don't you give me a riddle? Uh, I think I didn't realize that we don't do this very much. I'm bad yeah, we this. toss it back and forth a few times. I'll cut all that. <laughs> Please do. Can you do it? Do it. I'm bad at this. Please go. <laughs> what kind of, what kind of, what kind of world? I got, I got nothing. <laughs> Can we do another segment? I hate this segment. All right, fuck it. Let's do one more segment. Here we go. And our segment this week is called "Wrap Your Arms Around Me." 
Imagine that this song describes a date or relationship. Who are the partners? How does it go? The partners are a man and a woman, and it goes great. <laughs> Next segment. <laughs> Let's roll it one more time. Big Bang Theory theme. This song is the theme to a sitcom, either real or imaginary. So, uh, name or describe the characters and general situation. Hmm. I feel like this one is um, sort of a, uh, I think it's a modern sitcom where it's very feel good. Um, it's not, there's, actually, I feel like modern sitcoms usually have some sort of problem. Mm-hmm. But this one is, it's one where they just have a good time. It's sort of a Seinfeldian, uh, except there's more of a love-based aspect to it. So it's a family, it's... It's a family, but um, they're. It's like a perfect strangers, mm-hmm. where it's somebody who was frozen in the eighties and comes back. Like there a, like we a, go. Yeah. Yes. So he's just adjusting to the modern society. Perfect. Wearing his eighties eighties stuff. I love that. So you get the you get the eighties nostalgia stuff, and then you also get modern things as they explain the modern world. It's just about he, how he doesn't understand Snapchat. Yes, and it's it's uh it's the dad, and the dad was frozen when he was forty, and now the son is forty, and the dad is unfrozen, so they're uh, the same, same age. age. Yes. Oh. Uh, and so the you and the me in the title should have been better. The dad is at twenty, and the son gets like the dad gets frozen at twenty. Son yeah. grows up never knowing his dad. Dad gets unfrozen. They're both 20-year-olds going to the good. same college dorm roommate. love that. Oh, or what if hey, the dad- you want to score some chicks? You mean like mom? <laughs> the dad gets oh, frozen. She was pretty good, if I remember correctly. Dad gets frozen in 1985 at 20 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Kid is born in 1985, grows up. Right now, it's 2021. He's 36. Dad gets unfrozen. Mm-hmm. So the kid... kid- is the dad's dad. age and the dad That's is the, the kid's, kid's age. age. Now oh, we got a show on zip, our zip, head. Zip, 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 zap. <laughs> we got there. We're doing it. You want to do another line of coke? <laughs> what am I doing? Uh, okay, so what sort of wacky misadventures? Yeah, the kid uh, visits the dad at college. Yes. Uh, and uh, and oh my God, wouldn't you know it? But the He's dad- flunking out. The dad is also dating the kid's uh, uh, girlfriend's daughter. So it's this weird, like, uh, tryst and comedy of errors. Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. What else? So he's flunking out. And because he doesn't know any pop culture, and he's yes. trying to get a uh, yeah, but he he's like a he's like the big man on campus, but his grades are so ba- his grades are real bad. Okay, but his okay. kid's a real Poindexter, so he's got a he's got to tutor him. Yes, I love that. Okay, so and the kids never really had much of a life because you know he was always book smart, not right. street smart, and so the dad's got to help him out and get the get the girl. Yes, and then in another episode, the kid the there's dad- a real fucking poignant episode where they meet the mom. Oh the kid's yeah. Mom. That's a and sad she's, one. And she's in her sixties. Oh, they're three different generations <laughs> yeah. now. That's beautiful. Yeah, but she's 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 real sassy. She's oh. throwing all sorts of one-liners and like once she once she gets acc- acclimated to the situation, she is zinging this fucking this oh fucking, for sure uh, dad for sure. Oh, zinging I love that. Dad. Is there some will they won't they with the mom and the dad again? A twenty-year-old and a sixty-year-old. <laughs> mm. I think we could pull it off because the sixty-year-old's a woman, but yeah. I don't, I don't want to go there. Yeah, other way around, definitely a no. But yes. this way is fine. Sure. There's another episode where the um the dad comes in. There's the an su- episode where because they never really got to know each other. 
Sorry, sorry. I'm just, my, I just did the line of coke, so my brain's working sure, in sure, sure. a second. So like, the, 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 there's a definitely a line where there's like a will they, won't they for a moment, and then they realize like because they never really got to know each other. This was like a one night stand uh-huh. or something where the dad, oh, okay, then the dad okay, got okay. frozen okay. in a science in a science lab or something yeah. like that. And uh, so they they found out that they really could have like they could have had something right, and they just didn't. And now they decide to become sort of friends. Like sure. this is like the the break that is poignant. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's an episode where the so the, the the son visits the dad at college. There's an episode where the dad visits the son at uh, at the office bring building. Your, bring your works, kid to work today. Yes, today. where he works as a controller. Oh, does the dad have to masquerade as the kid's son? Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. He does. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Don't call me Mister Jones. That's my son. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny man this is a good sitcom i'm surprised no one's thought of this yet yep fucking I, rules this would do uh, four seasons on or four episodes on fox before yeah. being canceled yeah 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 this is a real greg the bunny anyway uh hope we answered your question wheel yep <laughs> now it's time to take a question from our friends our fans our horrific little honorifics <laughs> this is an email from our friend jared hey jared Dear Columbus Podcast Award winners. Thank you for using our full title. What do you guys think of grasshoppers? Like, what's their whole thing? Sincerely, Jared. I like them in theory more than in practice. Uh, For talking about the drink, huge fucking fan. Grasshoppers is what? Creme de cacao and creme de menthe. Oh, no, I'm not a big fan of mint and chocolate together. Period. Really? I've talked, we've talked about this before. I don't like mint chocolate chip. I don't like, I don't like mint and chocolate. I don't think they're a good combination for me. For me. I'm not going to knock anybody who loves it, but, uh, yeah. But if knowing Jared, he was not talking about the drinks. I don't know. Jared likes a good drink. He likes a good drink, but I'm talking, Jared, if Jared's talking about grasshoppers, he's talking about the insect. Do we know Jared? He sent a second question. Hey, friends. Well, yeah, I like grasshoppers in, pra- in practice. They're always jumping at me, man. Yeah, they're in practice, at, they're too scary. Like, I'm afraid, like, they're, I'm either going to step on one or come, they're going to come at me. Right. Like, I'm always, it's like um having a jack-in-the-box as a kid. You right. Know, like, you're like waiting for this thing to fucking jump. It's either going to come at you, it's going to go away, you don't know where it's going to jump. Yeah, yeah. So, scary. 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 Yeah, final, final result, in, in, in theory, great. Great name. Yeah. Great uh, name. Fucking yeah. descriptive as shit. Yeah, you know exactly what they do. They, yeah. Well, yeah. Second question. Hey, friends. If science created miniature elephants like the size of chihuahuas and they became widely mm. available as pets, mm. would you like to own one? Would it seem unethical? I appreciate your advice. Jared. P.S. Aren't dogs kind of the same thing, but done with wolves over thousands of years? Man, really makes you think. Yeah, it does. I would like one. I don't think I would take one. I get one. Because I feel like elephants are smart, right? So are dogs. I feel like elephants are smarter than dogs. Don't think there's ever been any proof of that. I think conclusive proof of the fact that elephants are smarter than dogs. Are elephants smarter than dogs? see what she says hmm who is more intelligent dogs or elephants okay. weird that this is a web page that exists okay let's see let's see let's see i'm gonna tell you straight up all right answer my question uh so this is on quora which is where someone asks a question and anyone can answer it this answer was answered four years ago by mark doss owner at MD safe delivery okay you want a safe you go for the doss i'm going with elephant my reasoning I'm going is- with elephant <laughs> My reasoning is very simple. Let's see if I can keep my reasoning, my explanation simple. This morning, my vet came to my house and euthanized my dog Shadow. <laughs> oh my god! As, <laughs> as a side note, at home is still much better than the office, and outside, 
at home is even better still. He was over 14 years of age and become paralyzed over the last few days. Oh, no. He was old, tired, and in constant oh, pain. We need a content warning this episode. When the vet was finished and gone, I let my two other dogs outside. Lil Bit and Shadow lived together for the past 10 to 11 years. Nero had been with us for three years. Squatting next to Shadow and stroking his lifeless body, I said to LB and Nero, Shadow's gone bye-bye and he's not coming back. To drive the point home, I'm stroking him. He's not moving. He's not breathing. No sound is coming from him. They are blissfully unaware, utterly clueless. Contrasting that to uh, a documentary about elephants that he saw where the elephants knew that the elephant was dead and they had to move on in order to continue living. But while one lone elephant hovered over the remains and uh, Jesus Christ. Okay. And then he, he ran to catch the herd. This, so he knew that the elephant died. What a what dark. A- <laughs> <laughs> that was not an answer I was expecting. Man, I don't. So yeah, elephants are smarter. <sighs> we figured it out, guys. Fuck. And that's exactly why I wouldn't want one as a pet. Fuck you, Jared. <laughs> I wouldn't want an elephant as a pet. Why did you do this? Why did you make us talk about this on our Bernicked Ladies podcast? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Email us. It's all been done podcast at yeah. gmail.com. Thanks, we need, Jared. We need more emails. Yeah. Okay, bye. Elbow, it's the end of the show. Oh, we're back with full energy. Yippee! Yeah, forgotten like a like an elephant we always forget oh christ um buddy boy this has been a chomper of an episode yep you can sink your teeth into this like the cleveland browns mascot chomper um what do you want to plug this week my boy i would like to plug mask (laughs) (laughs) because let me pull back the kimono a little bit we're still recording on halloween night in the middle of a global pandemic (laughs) so masks for every reason yes um yeah uh i'm going to vote for (laughs) what is this segment again plugs i'm gonna plug um nokia phones oh they're not around anymore are they i don't think so but you can still buy them and use them as burners uh, you can get a SIM chip plugged into those babies. Yeah. I think, yeah, Nokia went bankrupt. They're fin- Finnish company, right? Uh, yeah, they're finished now that they're bankrupt. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, get yourself one, play some snake on it after school in the cafeteria. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Have a life. I'm Saker. I'm Evan. We'll see you again in one week. week.